Welcome to The Unnoticed Entrepreneur. This show will tell you how to get the recognition you and your business deserve. Our guests share their practical insights and tools which you can use straight away. Your host is international entrepreneur, podcast host and author Jim James. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Unnoticed Show. Today I've got Ant Cousins, who's the CEO of a company called Fact Matter. Ant, thanks for joining us on The Unnoticed Show and tell us, how do you help companies to find out what facts about them do matter? Thank you. So we are uh, we're in the media monitoring space overall. So I think you know we we ended up there through trial and error, and like a lot of companies heading into this space, we started off actually in the fact checking space um, back in 2014 when our kind of CEO and now founder Drew Galati started working on this problem academically and scientifically, like a lot of people did back then. And over the course of the last few years, we've ended up refining our vision, refining our, refining our approach, which has taken us into the media monitoring space as we realised that fact-checking in and of itself was useful, especially around pinch points like the election debates and things like this is a really great time. But the commercially sustainable, scalable, exciting story wasn't there just in fact-checking. Actually, there's a lot of other harmful content out there, not just mistruths and disinformation and fake news. We've also got racism, we've got sexism, we've got toxicity, hate speech in general. We've got a lot of other things that they're actually harming ourselves and harming our society and harming brands and organizations. So that kind of broadened our scope from fact-checking to basically finding lots of harmful content. And that moved us closer towards the media monitoring brand protection type space, which is where we are now. So we are comparable to some of the players out there that you've probably heard of, the bigger players like Brandwatch or the smaller players like the the media monitoring systems like Social Mention or Mention those kind of guys. So you've mentioned those other ones. And obviously for anyone running a company, if you get negative reviews, for example, on Trustpilot or Google, or if you're like AstraZeneca or one of these vaccine providers at the minute, you can find your brand and your business and your share price attacked pretty quickly and you've got to respond. So how is uh, Fact Matter really answering that need that's different to, if you like, social mention or even Cision? How is it special? So those companies came out of the the way the PR was previously run or the way the PR was up until very recently is basically, you know, get our volume up as high as possible, get our sentiment up as high as possible. We want as many people talking about as possible in our target markets. We want that as positive as possible. If you're doing that, great job. But obviously what we found is we need now more nuance because those narratives, those harmful narratives, those toxic racist narratives, that that sentiment being shared online has a, a massive uh, potential to impact your overall um, sentiment of brand reputation, which ultimately hits your bottom line. So those systems that were born out of the way that PR was previously run meant they were relatively simplistic, right? Tell me how much I'm being spoken about and 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 the relative sentiment, but they didn't tell you why. They don't they don't do the analysis or the, the qualitative analysis as to the reason why those volume numbers are the way they are. That's simply the way it is, and that was hard to do. Actually, really hard to do up, up until really just a year or so ago when we developed the technology to allow uh, that kind of analysis. So now what we've done is in comparison to those other guys who give you the overall numbers, we go behind the numbers. We want to know why is that volume the way it is? Why is that sentiment trending this way? Why is it happening like that? That's effectively what we're automating is the intelligence and the analysis, which you know, is only really available now with recent advances in AI. And so really quite path-breaking stuff. And I can see we used to, as agencies, be asked for volume. And actually, a lot of the negative sentiment wins on that because there's a lot of volume of it. 
So how are you going behind that to understand where that's coming from? The If you like the drivers, are you looking at who is putting out that content or the context of the context? Because that is what we'd need to do from a marketing point of view is to understand the source, isn't it? And the motivation yeah. of that content. Absolutely. Two things. So we have a topic, what we call in the industry, topic clustering technology. So effectively, in the same way that those other media monitoring systems will go out and find all the mentions of you, here's the tweets, here's the Facebook posts, here's the articles, um, and they'll give you that as a large corpus. And the best you'll get probably is like a word cloud. Here's generally what is being said, but not really the, the reasoning why. What we do is the exact same thing in terms of gathering the data, gathering all the mentions, but then we run that through our topic clustering. And what we spit out is the narratives. So we find the kind of common threads, we find the narratives and identify those narratives across all the different mentions, across all the different platforms, so that you as a human aren't looking through a thousand tweets trying to work out why is this also negative? What is the thread here? We automate that process and identify the narratives through so you've got a human amount of data you can look at and interact with. So that's what we do differently. And when you say you go across all the platforms, you talk about obviously social platforms like Facebook, but are you also able to read gated media, for example, mainstream newspapers like The Times or The Economist, or are you only able to see what's available in the public domain? It's uh, it's all up for grabs. I would say right now, the need from our clients is around the broader, easier to access stuff. It's the B2C, the, the broader public opinion type information. So we are focusing largely on social media and that that content, but we have one of the parts of the value of the companies, we have arrangements with data aggregators. So if a company's interest in a particular data source, we can probably get it. So we tend to work mostly on the social media and finding the online narratives of public opinion and understanding public opinion, but we can also get to that, that data. That seems important because I did a research last week on the Dominic Cummings uh, mm-hmm. hearings and on social mention tracked the mainstream media had given a much more neutral view than the social media sentiment. So they'd really diverged quite significantly between what people who are not paid to write and those people who are paid to Mm -hmm. please their publishers and their advertisers. So in terms of how a company would use it then, because with fact matter, someone's giving you a narrative that they'd like to have about their own company, or are they doing scenario planning for crises? What are some of the use cases? Yeah, so it's generally around threats and opportunities. So, you know, we've done the narrative analysis. We've told you here's the, the top 10 narratives about you by any metric, by most positive, also by most negative, by most racist, by most toxic, by popularity. So we give you the ability to understand those narratives in terms of whatever is important to you. So, yes, you can find the most negative. You can also, through those narratives, identify the most negative influences. So that's the second order effect is we've identified the narrative. But who is it that's actually promoting this? And are those significant people that we can engage with? Can we, can we, can we switch them? Can we educate them? Or can we deploy our own people or are the people that we think disagree with that particular stance that, that individual is taking and counter that narrative? We need to get behind the narratives to, to tell people who the influences are. We've got to give them that, but also it's really what what matters to them. If they are most interested in avoiding risks and, and crises, then sure, you use our narrative identification and then look for the riskiest, most threatening, most racist, most toxic content out there. And then this content report coming out in real time, or is it historical? Because some of the information that comes out now trends so quickly that a company has to really deal with it. Uh, if you're in Bitcoin, for example, the narratives of Elon Musk can affect the share price of Bitcoin uh, and the mm-hmm. price of Bitcoin within minutes. So 
Just tell us yeah. about the timeliness. Yeah, so we are very much more on the the insights and the, the longer term kind of planning and the longer term blacks. We're not real time. So if yeah, if Elon Musk tweaks about Bitcoin, we're not going to pick it up and warn you about it within within seconds. We are within the day. So we are our intelligence because of I guess also of the amount of intelligence of running through all of that content. If you can imagine, you've got a million tweets to analyze and work out what the trends are. It's actually pretty hardcore computing. So we tend to run on twenty four hour cycles. So we we update our data. We can look um, historically. So if you want to look, analyze a certain period, we can do that. But generally, we start the, the topic running. If you want some historic data, we'll give you the historic data. And then going forwards, every day, we refresh. Here's the narratives that are bubbling away. Here's the narratives that have the potential to trend. But we're not down into the kind of the individual tweets. Now, and you mentioned a couple of things in there. One is about the volume. Obviously, English language is where there's a lot of volume. But what about other languages? Because many companies now have to deal across geographies. Yeah. What's the what's the capability with other languages for fact matter? Got it. So uh, right now we do English, and that was we had to solve the technical challenges in a certain language. We've done that, but actually we, we've we've actually won an, an award from Innovate UK for developing multilingual models to deal with these same problems. And we're tackling the languages. And we'll actually be in about eight weeks' time, so mid of the summer. We're starting with the highest volume of kind of speakers, so we're going with Spanish first, and then on through the languages. So at the moment English only, but very shortly be Spanish and others. And if a company then wants to use Fact Matter to track how their own sort of social media presence is trending and being perceived, that's great. But obviously, we don't exist in a vacuum. What about our relative position to other players, other competitors? Or if you're a politician, I guess you want to track. If you're Nicola Sturgeon, you want to track how yeah. Alex Salmond is being seen or Dominic Cummings versus Boris Johnson. Yeah. Is Fact Matter helping? both with the absolute and the relative narratives? Yeah, absolutely. If you want to track a brand or what we call it in our parlance a topic, if you're Pfizer and you want to track what are, what are the conversations going on around Pfizer, probably a whole bunch of misinformation, disinformation in that space, then you can track Pfizer as a topic. But Pfizer are interested in what people are saying about AstraZeneca or Moderna, you could track those topics as well. And it could also be individuals. For us, any topic is, is very simple kind of logic to, to go out and get the mentions relevant to that topic. The one thing we do differently to other people in that space is... We don't just track kind of basic sentiment, like objectively, is this piece of content objectively positive, negative, or neutral? We have stance. So we layer on top of that, how is this person talking about the overall topic? So in the case of Alex Salmon, for a tweet that could be negative in sentiment, it might well be positive in favor of the topic of Alex Salmon. We actually have two different lenses there, and I find that's much more interesting, mm. especially when you're doing influencer analysis. So stance is something we would also do that. Yeah, because people's syntax mean could impact as well if a an engine just picks up something that's written with some irony actually it could be interpreted as negative but it could have just been humor so it's got to be a little bit more a bit more clever than that exactly and we, we've got intelligence for example we did some analysis there was uh, a company it was uh, protein powders and they were in the kind of that space and trying to create healthy living and healthy lifestyles they wanted to know what people are saying about about their products um, and we tracked, I think the the specific comment, I think, was we tracked it as a positive towards the, sorry, as a negative towards the product, even though the keywords, if you just looked at basically, it was saying it was sweet, which ordinarily you think is sweet, that's good. But when you look at the content itself, it was sickly sweet. So we'd identified that sweet wasn't positive, sickly sweet together is actually negative in sentiment towards the product. Yes. And just tell us then about how stance works, because a sentence can be quite sophisticated English not only have the noun, but the adjective attached to it, which could modify the noun quite significantly. 
Are you taking that into account with In Fact Matter? Yeah, so that that's what we've been working on for the last three or more years. The models have been trained on that level of complexity. So in the case of the, the protein powder where people were saying this was sickly sweet, we understand that's you know, negative in sentiment, even though it contains generally a positive word, which is sweet. So if you take that and extrapolate that across the rest of, of the conversations and things we're tracking, then yes, we will pick up kind of irony, we'll pick up those modifiers in context. Is it is it 100% perfect? Of course not. There's no such thing, but it's it's reliable enough to give you reliable overall data and overall statistics. How is Fact Matter helping someone, not just with this is the narrative, but here's some sort of prescriptions around what you could do about that, or do you leave that at the door? Obviously, the first step is identifying the narrative. You've got to know what's being said. You've got to understand who's behind it and their motivations and intentions. And that's Obviously, you can do that within our product. You can find all the information. We also arm you with the keywords and the associated phrases that go along with that narrative, especially if you're trying to track hashtags or trying to find where else those conversations are, are happening. But then, yeah, your kind of the creation of the content that's almost next on our roadmap is okay. So we know the the narrative that you want to beat. We know this piece of toxicity or this piece of, of mistruth or whatever. We know the narrative you're trying to beat. Is there a narrative already about your brand which counters that narrative in terms of its kind of volume or its sentiment or its influences? Can we identify that for you? So at least then you can support and exponentially grow that narrative to counter it. That's the next step in our intelligence roadmap is identifying for you the, the automatically the narratives and influences that most naturally counter a narrative you want to defeat. That sounds really useful. Now, I do have a question for you, though, about influences because a fair amount of content for example, around the elections in America, the view is it's been generated by foreign agents and by bots. And certainly when we look at, for example, advertising, over a third of all click-throughs are by automated bots. And there's a huge amount of uh, foreign agents of one kind or another. How are you helping a company to safeguard themselves against that or even to track down the foreign agents and then take action against that? I think the, the very first thing is understanding the narratives and you've got to do that for a start. It's not irrelevant where it's coming from. You do need to understand that because your actions, your countermeasures might be subtly different. I would say that the first thing you've got to do is understand the, the most risky narratives. Once you understand the narratives, it's not irrelevant where it started because if the narrative is already picked up, the fact is there's already going to be humans involved because that's, that's the aim of the bot farms is to get a human to see that stuff and then immediately share it. So I think by the time the Currently, by the time brands are seeing those narratives, it's already too late because the bots have done their job. It's already been shared by humans, and, and that's the problem. What we do is identify those narratives much, much earlier in the cycle, down to clusters of even maybe three or four opinions, when it could still be largely bot-driven. So what we're trying to do is get that early warning for those companies just much earlier in the cycle so that they can head it off and either you know start takedown measures or at least identify what the what the potential, potential mm. trend or mm. potential trajectory of that narrative is going to be so they can head it off. I can really see the value of that. And so with much more depth, and love your idea of the stance because the social mention misses the context too much, doesn't it? And it's much more sophisticated than just you got mentioned. Uh, exactly. Context is king. And getting that context as early as possible, way before a human would spot that trend, we will spot that narrative and flag it to you. This is potentially really toxic, really racist, really harmful, whatever. Um, we're going to do that much earlier than any human could possibly find in that kind of mess of mentions. Yeah. Or conceivably, it could be positive things that there are trends happening around coming out of lockdown, for example, that people could capitalize on. It's, oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, opposite, the opposite absolutely applies. It's just a tool set. So we, we started off in the 
finding harm and protecting people from harm, but actually the same tool set applies for finding positive opportunities for brands too. And in terms of tool sets being available for the average entrepreneur, owner, operator, what sort of fees are we looking at? Is it accessible to SMEs or to startups? Uh, so you're aiming for a broad kind of market and it, it's not expensive. If it, At the moment, our pricing is relatively transparent and simple. It's $1,000 for a topic. So if you want to track your own brand or a competitor's brand, it's you know just that times 1000 And that's on a monthly basis. We'll, we'll update that every single day and the intelligence the insights comes with that. But we're actually also opening up a, a simpler version of the product. If similar to the Experian credit score approach, which is if you just want to have a, a broad idea, am I in danger? Am I under threat or not? A simplified version of that score, I think should be available for all companies in the same way that every company has a firewall to protect them from, from harm. They need that fake news firewall. Every company needs to understand just, is there a really harmful narrative about my company I need to investigate? So just given that sense of early warning, that threat detection, that I think is a much simpler, cheaper product, which we'll be rolling out shortly. That sounds really useful because I think everyone now, however big or small, can be uh, held to ransom by negative, even just negative agents or consumers that want to get their own back. And if people want to find out more about uh, Fact Matter, sorry, I should say, if you want to find out more about Fact Matter, how can they do that? Easiest thing is is go to the website and and use the Contact Us page there, or they can go uh, onto LinkedIn. Uh, and find us there and uh, drop me a message. I mean, the PR industry in general is, is relatively closely connected. So if I'm not a first degree, I'm probably at least a second from whoever wants to get in touch. Great. And cousin, thanks so much for joining us today, the CEO of Fact Matter, on the Unnoticed Show on how we can track how we are getting noticed and whether it's good or not. Thank you. We'd love to hear your takeaway from the show. Visit the unnoticed.cc where you can leave us a voice message and also ask any questions you have on getting noticed. If you like the show, then please follow or subscribe and share it with a fellow entrepreneur or on your social channels and at Jim A. James. What would really help is a rating. At the unnoticed.cc, we've got a dedicated page to make that really easy to do. Take a screenshot and share it on Twitter at Jim A. James and we'll repost it to get you noticed too. At theunnoticed.cc, you can also see our books, merchandise, useful tech apps and sign up for our newsletter. Until we mic again, keep on communicating.